ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار عباد الله اوصيكم ونفسي اولا بتقوى الله تعالى وطاعته my respected brothers and sisters in islam my khutbah باذن الله today will focus upon sensitive topic of marriage but from a different perspective as recently we have come across number of issues especially how is very difficult to marry we have brothers who are looking for wives but are struggling to get one we have sisters who are looking for husbands and they are struggling to get one we have widows and who have divorced in our community who want to remarry but yet still they find it difficult to find spouses we have brothers who have decided to cross the country and go overseas to find spouses all of them just are looking to get someone whom they can get married to and just recently we have received a message from one of the muslim sister who raised a serious concern especially on the imams on the friday prayers that all our khutbas are always male focused they are not female focused at all and she raised a serious concern regarding this and also in the message she raised another concern that the muslim society has neglected young women and have failed them and the parents have also failed them because they're not aiding them to protect their chastity rather they have made them getting getting married so hard for them that is our young women and the reason is they are creating reasons and excuses that have no significance in islam and this is driving our young women and our young men into haram relationship ibadallah parents always have a major role to play when it comes to delaying or hastening the marriage of the children mostly in the case of a son 
Parents waiting until the son establishes himself in career or in acquisition of certain amount of income before he is allowed to get married. In case of a daughter, pickiness based upon overconcern on her future financial welfare and also completion of her studies or college or degree. Or in other cases, if she got an older sister, that means she cannot get married until her older sibling get married first. All of these facts, Ikhwan and Ikhwati, they causes unnecessary delays in the marriage of our eligible young people in our community nowadays. Ibadullah, our young men and women, especially those of marriage age, are forced to wait as a result of either by their parents or in their own accord until they find perfect mate to be married, until they find perfect job to be married, until they find perfect education to get married. Everything in perfection, which is typically is impossible. <coughs> About Allah, the marriage is a very important institution in Islam. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in the hadith, من تزوج فقد حفظ شطر ديني فليتق الله في شطر الباقي Whoever gets married, he has completed half of his religion and he should fear Allah on the remaining half. Just getting married, 50% of our religion is completed. And this is what our young men and women want to do. But they find it very difficult. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned again in the hadith النِّكَاحُ سُنَّتِي فَمَنْ رَغِبَ عَنْ سُنَّتِي فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي Which means marriage is from my sunnah. And those who do not follow my sunnah, that means they are not from me. And then this is another hadith of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Our young men and women want to practice this sunnah. But they find it difficult because of so many factors. Few of them have just mentioned. And it was narrated in Bukhari and Muslim from Abdullah ibn Masood radiallahu anhu. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, Ya ma'ashar al-shabab, man istata'a minkum ulba'a falyatazawaj, fa'innahu aghaddu lil-basar wa ahsanu lil-farj, faman lam yastata'a fa'alayhi bil-siyam, فَإِنَّهُ لَهُ وَجَاءٌ The Messenger of Allah sallallahu said that all young men, whoever among you can afford to get married, let him do so. For it is most effective way in lowering the gaze and preserving chastity. And whoever cannot afford it, then let him fast. For that it will be shielded for him. Which means it will reduce the, and weaken his desires and temptations. <coughs> Based on this hadith, if a person can afford to get married, he should hasten to do so because of the many benefits that this marriage brings. A few of them mentioned in this hadith. My advice to parents and guardians of our boys and our girls is not to regard, for example, 
the completion of studies as an impediment to the marriage. Since when is a marriage an obstacle to acquiring knowledge? Rather, reality and experience point to the opposite. Because marriage helps a person to focus more and makes his mind clear. Because he gets the sakina, he gets the calmness and the tranquility. That means he could be able to focus in what he's doing in his studies. And above all, marriage is obedient to the command of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who says, Ya ma'ashar al-shabab, man istata'a minkum ul-ba'a faliyatazawwaj. Ibadallah. Parents and guardians should not burden the youth with excessive demands, especially when it comes to the marriage. They should limit the demands to that which the woman and the house need only. They should understand that marriage is one of the means by which the provision is sought. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, وَأَنْكِحُوا الْأَيَامَ مِنْكُمْ وَالصَّالِحِينَ مِنْ عِبَادِكُمْ وَإِمَائِكُمْ إِنْ يَكُونُوا فُقَرَاءَ يُغْنِهُمُ اللَّهُ مِنْ فَضْلِهِ وَاللَّهُ وَاسِعٌ عَلِيمٌ And marry those among you who are single. And also marry the salihun. These are who are pious, fit and capable one of your male slaves and your male servants, a female slave. If they be poor, Allah will enrich them, will make them rich. Out of his bounty. And Allah is sufficient for his creature's need. And Allah is knowing about the state of our people. In Surah An-Nur, ayah number 32. And Allah says again in Surah Al-Tulaq, أَسْكِنُوهُنَّ مِنْ حَيْثُ سَكَنْتُمْ مِنْ وُجْدِكُمْ Which means, load them where you dwell. From where you live, that means you need to bring your family in those places. According to your means. مِنْ وُجْدِكُمْ not according to the high expectation, according to what you can afford. Ibadallah, Muslim parents should strengthen their basic understanding of a religion, especially their aqeedah, including the unfaltering conviction that any kind of provision that Allah has written for us in their qadr, whether it be food, whether it be shelter, whether it be money, whether it be love, whether it be care, at any stage in our life, whether in our youth and our old age, will reach us no matter what. And that is the belief of the six pillars of Iman. Al-Imanu bil Qadr, Khairihi wa Sharri. To believe in Allah's destiny, Allah's decree. Whatever Allah has designed to happen to us, we will get that. We don't need to wait until we get something in order to do something. Ibn Qudama, rahmatullahi alayhi, one of the scholars, he mentioned with regard to marriage that people fall into three categories. Some of them fear that they may fall into sin if they do not get married. One of these categories. They understand that they want to get married because... They cannot control themselves and they're afraid that they're going to fall into haram. See, someone has reached that stage, it becomes obligatory to him to marry. It becomes wajib, compulsory for him to marry. 
Because there's nothing to stop him from doing that apart from the nikah, the marriage itself. <coughs> because if he's getting married, this will make him to remain very chaste and protect him from committing haram actions. And the only way to do that is to get married. So if we put some obstacles or impediments or something towards this, then we are leading this, our young men and women to commit ma'asiyah, to commit haram. Because when marriage, which is lawful and halal, is made difficult, one way or the other, that means the premarital and the haram relationship becomes easy. If we make it difficult, then the haram relationship will become easy within our young brothers and our young sisters. Just recently, I've been involved in one of the complicated cases where a female parent approached me for help because his ex-husband is refusing to give the consent to his daughter to get married. And he is the wali. Reason there's no valid reason. The only thing because when they were divorced, it was bitter and complicated. And they're living now separate. It may come to a time now, one of the children want to get married, and they follow the process to approach the wali. And the wali refused to give his consent. And hence the fourth is abusing his position as a wali. We try to talk to him to convince him. He has none of it. Just because of what happened between him and his ex-wife is now affecting the children who want to get married. And the worst that could have happened, ikhwani and ikhwati, and the worst that could have happened, and Allah forbid, this will be frustrated. This young man and woman will be frustrated. And decide to go their own way. And the consequences as we all know. Might be so much emotional. Psychological impact from both the parents. As well as the children who decide to get married their own way. Allah, One of the main reasons for such delays in these marriages. Is the family's unawareness of Islamic principles. That encourage. Marriages regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of language, and regardless of culture. Nowadays, it is common to focus on looks, family, wealth, and education. These are the key features that we look before we decided to get married. And this is exact, the, full, the opposite of what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi said. عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا آتاكم من ترضون دينه وخلقه فزوجوه إن لا تفعلوا تكون فتنة في الأرض وفساد عريض قالوا يا رسول الله حتى وإن كان فيه فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا جاءكم من ترضون دينه وخلقه فأنكحوه ثلاث مرات. In the hadith, 
narrated by Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, if there comes to you one with whose religion and the character you are pleased, then marry your daughter or sister to him. Otherwise, it will be fitna and a lot of immorality and great corruption in the land. The companions who were with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that day asked, Hatta wa in kana O Messenger of Allah, what if there was something about him we know? The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied the same hadith, There comes to you a person whom you are pleased with, deen, his religion and character, Make sure you marry your daughter. Three times he repeat the same statement. The companions were in And this hadith, Ikhwani, Ikhwati, is focusing upon two main key qualities which you need to look. Religious commitment and good character. Ad-deen wal-akhlaq. Religious commitment and akhlaq. So once we are satisfied that these two conditions have been fulfilled, then there is no questions of if and what. According to the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The woman should choose the religiously committed man who has good moral and good characters. And this man is like a treasure. If he likes her, he will honor her. And otherwise, if he disliked her, he will not wrong her. That's the key of someone who has got the religion, a deen, and also has the good character. And these are the two features. Nothing has been mentioned about wealth. Nothing mentioned about culture. Nothing has been mentioned about traditions. Only the good character and the religion and the deen. These are the two main qualities which we need to look from a woman's point of view. About Allah. This is very important because if we don't look upon these two characters or these two key qualities, then the hadith is very clear. It will be a fitna, trial and tribulations, and immorality within the community. قولوا قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب إنه هو الغفور الرحيم وهو البر الكريم. الحمد لله. الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين وبعد عباد الله إن إسلام no caste no community no society has any superiority on the other one at all one who is more pious is the one who's beloved and near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya ayyuhal nas, inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa untha, wa ja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila li ta'arafu, 
ان اكرمكم عند الله اتقاكم ان الله عليم خبير او من كايند وي هاف كرييتد يو فروم ا ميل اند ا فيميل اند ميد يو انتو نيشنز اند ترايبس ذات يو ماي نو ون انذر فيريلي ذا موست اونورابل اوف يو ويز الله اذ ذات بيليفر هو هاز تقوى هي ذا وان امون ذا متقون الله از فيري نوينج اند الله از اول اوير In Surah Al-Hujurat, ayah number 13. That's the purpose of having nations and tribes so as we can be able to know each other, to know one another. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned the hadith, وَمَنْ بَطَّأَ بِهِ عَمَلُهُ لَمْ يُسْرِعُ بِهِ نَسَبُهُ If somebody's deed threw him behind, then his lineage cannot bring him forth. Emphasize that lineage is not key important. Our deeds are very important. So there's no point of looking upon our lineage, especially in the matters of our being in the matters of a marriage. And in the Hijjatul Wada, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned again, Ya ayyuhal nas, ala inna rabbakum wahid, wa inna abakum wahid, ala la fadla li'arabiyin ala a'ajamiyin, wa la li'ajamiyin ala arabiyin. ولا لاحمر على اسود ولا اسود على احمر الا بالتقوى the message of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the hadith o oh people verily your lord is one and your father is one verily there is no superiority of an arab over an non arab or a non arab over an arab or a red or a red man over a black man or a black man over a red man except in terms of taqwa and then the messenger says abalakht if i convey the message the message the sahaba the companions of the prophet they say naam you have conveyed the message sheikh sheikh bani say this hadith is authentic is sahih ibad allah so many muslim parents persistently cling to a culture based ritual associated with the social status and prestige when it come to convening their children weddings So unnecessary and complex rituals and ceremonies are compulsorily held out of sense of social obligation only. Ibad Allah. The marriage gift, the mahr, is a divine injunction. The giving of mahr, the dowry to the bride by the groom is an essential part of the contract. Allah says in the Quran that means give the women their mahr as a nikah as a free gift in surah an-nisa mahr is a token commitment of the husband's responsibility and may be paid in cash it could be in property it could be a movable object to the bride herself but the amount of mahr is not legally has been specified and paying of the dowry as well is necessary condition for the soundness of the marriage contract it is given to the wife as a way of honoring and respecting her and as a symbol of the husband commitment to provide and take care of his wife but we have an issue with now with the today's community with the mahr it has gone out of the window very expensive our our young men They complain they have to work for years in order to raise the amount of dowry for them to be able to get married.
Even though in Islam there is no minimum and maximum amount of mar stated in the Quran or Hadith, that's the reality. But the situation within the Muslim community, this has become a concern to our young men and women. Someone told me he's supposed to pay seven thousand pounds. So where are you gonna get this money from? While in Islam, anything of value is acceptable as maho, regardless of whether something material or something non-material. The Prophet say to one of the person want to get married, search for something, even if just a ring made from iron, that could be a dowry, could be a marriage gift. And also during the time of the Prophet Muhammad one of the companions was given a woman to get married just because of what he memorized from the Quran. And that was what is a mahab, it's a dowry. Today, we are asking for 7,000, 10,000 pounds and above. And this is driving our young men away from getting married. And the consequence that will happen is they will engage in haram relationship. About Allah, parents need to realize that they have to let go some of their cultural influence beliefs, ideas and desires related to marriage. They need to come to the reality. In order to feel the moral responsibility for their children's marriage in a timely manner and to avoid our young generation to engage into haram relationships just because they are unable to fulfill the halal marriage because of difficulties, because of this impediments to be laid down in their, in their way. So let us make dua for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make easy for our youth for our young to be able to get the one whom they can get married to. Let's make dua to our parents who are making these things difficult to their children. Please make things easy for our young generation. As we know that we need our continuity as Muslim Ummah in this world. The only way we can get the, 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 the right children, the pious children is through the marriage and not through the back door, which we don't want that to happen. Ibad Allah. إن الله يأمركم بأمر بلا بي بنفسي وثنى بملائكته وثلثكم فقال إن الله ملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد رضي الله عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبو بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن الصحابة جمعين وتابعين ومن تابعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين اللهم ربنا أتقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم تب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم واغفر لنا إنك أنت الغفور الرحيم اللهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وقوموا إلى صلاتكم يرحمكم الله